the world today is powered by semiconductors and that is not an overstatement they are a key component in every electronic device that you buy or use like laptops cars washing machines phones etc and they also power factories that make these electric devices but for a week over a year now not enough of these semiconductors have been getting made and that's basically what the global chip shortage is hi i'm nandini and welcome to this open mic where we're going to discuss the global chip shortage its its impact on different industries and its connection to climate change and to talk about this joining us is anirudh regedi who is a pc reviewer a columnist and he has been in the tech industry for a decade now we also have with us shravan kundojala who is the principal industry analyst at strategy analytics so let's begin with the basics anirudh and shravan i want to ask you is there really a ch- chip shortage in the world or is this a major hoax widely circulated bit of fake news yeah thanks nandini yeah this is shravan yeah let me quickly start on this yeah of course there is a chip shortage uh, chip shortage uh, it's hitting every single industry in the world and uh, yeah actually it started uh, last year from last year october actually we started hearing about uh, chip shortages and uh, it's been almost one year and uh, it's still uh, hitting almost every single company on this planet uh, uh, you know as you as you might have heard in latest q3 2021 results from companies like apple intel and qualcomm and other companies samsung you know they're all saying uh, semiconductor shortages uh, uh, you know is hitting their business so it basically started uh, you know uh, how it started uh, let me give you some overview and uh, then we can uh, dig deeper into uh, other things so basically it started i mean you know uh, when the pandemic started in the beginning of the, at the beginning of the pandemic you know um, the automotive car manufacturers basically you know they saw lesser demand as a result uh, they had to cut orders uh, i think it happened around in february uh, sometime between february and april Uh, so when that's that's when actually the pandemic started uh, spreading across the globe so as a result of uh, you know that they cut the orders and uh, then uh, what happened after that you know suddenly you know most people went uh, remote uh, you know the remote uh, remote school remote learning and remote working uh, trends have started uh, and this uh, created a significant demand for devices like uh, printers headphones pcs uh, and all all kind of even smartphones so home home devices broadband routers so sudden, there was a sudden demand and uh, so semiconductor foundries you know obviously they saw uh, lesser demand from car manufacturers so they shifted uh, those manufacturing lines to they allocated uh, that capacity to non automotive applications such as printers pcs and other devices so suddenly the demand came back and by q4 2020 uh, you know automotive uh, industry again started seeing demand so suddenly you know the, these foundries couldn't accommodate uh, uh, this demand you know they said you know we are already full and uh, we already have our lines full with uh, you know other uh, applications such as smartphones pcs uh, and routers so you know uh, suddenly these automotive industries they started uh, you know the industry started experiencing shortages 
and there were multiple factors again actually yeah as i said that the pandemic led demand um, in uh, it's mostly driven by remote uh, working and remote schooling and uh, you know there is also uh, you know historically the foundries semiconductor foundries they invested uh, less um, you know if you look at uh, tsmc tsmc taiwan semiconductor manufacturing company the world's largest uh, semiconductor foundry uh, you know their investments uh, their wafer shipments between 2015 and 2019 if you see it's a relatively flat uh, you know they i mean they couldn't ramp up uh, you know their investments significantly i mean no one foresaw this this kind of demand so there was some under investments so these under investments really contributed to uh, shortage uh, semiconductor shortages you know, then you know then we also have seen um, you know some companies like uh, huawei xiaomi oppo i mean some of these chinese companies feared uh, uh, sanctions you know sanctions from the us government so what they did uh, they started stockpiling uh, components <clears throat> so as a result uh, you know uh, you know uh, you know there was a shortage for other uh, companies and then we also have this natural disasters like uh, texas uh, snowstorm uh, which was uh, i think uh, related to climate change and uh, and we also have had factory fires um, in renaissance japanese factory had fire and then we also have covid uh, driven lockdowns in southeast asia and malaysia and vietnam and uh, you know water drought uh, problem in taiwan uh, so all of these uh, things uh, you know uh, you know amplified uh, this shortage as uh, effect and uh, you know i think we are probably looking at uh, 24 or 25 uh, to rebalance uh, the demand and supply so that's just an overview i mean how it started i mean what's going on uh, is i think maybe anirudh can add some more yeah that's yeah anirudh would you like to add to that the top reasons behind the shortage <laughs> no so thing is shavan tolly has a much better idea of what's going on in the industry since that is his area of expertise all i can say is uh, i mean literally i think nvidia was the one who said like it's the it's more a demand issue than a supply issue where uh, <clears throat> like i think there was the largest increase in pc shipments in over a decade <laughs> in uh, 2020 smartphones also demand shot up and i remember seeing statistics about you know gamers uh like the number of concurrent players on steam for example which is one of the largest gaming platforms on pc that number shot up from like around i think 10 to 15 million average to about 25 million so it's just i think it just happened at the wrong time when you have a new graphics card generation coming out a new console generation coming out uh entirely new chipsets like from amd <coughs> like the zen 3 the 5000 series chipsets and everybody wanted it and at that very moment the shortage hit and i think that kind of made it even worse right uh, also i want to ask uh, maybe shravan can answer this uh, can you tell us what sort of industries have been hit by the shortage and which ones have suffered the most uh, i would say i mean almost every industry uh, if you look at uh, If you search uh, earnings call transcripts with a word uh, key, with keyword shortage, you get 
almost every single industry on this planet uh, is uh, hit by uh, shortages. Smartphones, PCs, industrial companies, uh, even uh, smartphone, smart home companies, automotive. So, yeah, I mean, automotive, I think, uh, got more visibility uh, in the press compared to other industries. But I would say, I mean, almost uh, every single industry is uh, more or less impacted uh, by this shortage. If you look at uh, Apple's latest uh, results, you know, Apple is going to lose uh, more than $15 billion uh, revenue because of uh, capacity constraints and uh, because of short supply of uh, some key components, especially in power management display drivers and other things. So even chip companies, you know, they're seeing a lot of demand, uh, but, you know, it's like you know, these companies are trying to meet uh, almost three, four uh, years worth of demand in one year. So that's obviously not possible. I think uh, some of the demand that Anirudh mentioned earlier, uh, it's, uh, you know, 2021 is going to be one of the all-time high year for uh, PC industry, for the PC industry. So, you know, obviously that demand, you know, Intel, AMD, they cannot meet all of that demand in 2021 itself. So we'll see some of this demand will uh, go into 2022 and 2023 as well. You know, uh, so I would say, I mean, coming back to your question, yeah, almost every single industry is affected. Uh, smartphones, uh, you know, uh, if you look at uh, smartphones' contribution to the global semiconductor industry, smartphones are like one third of they they are like one third of uh, total demand of semiconductor industry. So that's one of the big industry, and we are seeing uh, significant shortages in the smartphone uh, industry. And between smartphones and PCs, I think uh, the global semiconductor industry is around uh, forty-five to fifty percent. So those two industries are really seeing, um, uh, you know. Uh, very acute shortages and it will take uh, at least uh, two more years uh, to rebalance uh, this situation. So maybe I'll talk about uh, you know how this is going to be um, resolved uh, in the next few minutes. So so I would say, yeah, I mean, uh, we are seeing uh, shortages across every single industry. Uh, even ATMs, uh, you know, ATMs are facing uh, uh, shortages and some companies are, what they are trying to do is they are trying to redesign components, they're even uh, diversifying uh, supply chain. Previously, some companies, uh, they used to use single source uh, for particular component. Now they started, uh, you know, uh, sourcing from multiple suppliers uh, to, to get more access to, you know, more, more supply. So, you know, it's, it's a very dynamic situation that's happening on the ground and uh, you know uh, it's uh, i think uh, we should uh, i think we are underappreciating uh, you know how much work is going on uh, behind the scenes and uh, you know these people are working 24 by 7 to power our smartphones and uh, making sure uh, our holiday season uh, uh, is on track uh, so that we can gift uh, you know ps5 or xbox to our loved ones so there's a lot of work going on, but still, uh, I don't think uh, the industry will be able to, uh, uh, you know, rebalance the supply chain this year alone. So it's going to take years, I would say. So, uh, like Shravan mentioned, that uh, almost every industry has faced the brunt of the global chip shortage. Anurut, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the kind of impact the gaming industry has seen because of the shortage? Well, for gaming, I think uh, personally, like what I know from my friends and 
even if you just read the forums online and look at what's happening uh you've seen like gpus are literally out of stock everywhere and i saw like entry level graphics cards something that you need to play the bare minimum of game like even the popular title like counter strike and all are selling at the price of premium gpus and uh there was some talk initially that you know the miners are stockpiling bitcoin miners and all are stockpiling gpus and that's a problem but uh, i think as i mentioned earlier like as nvidia said it's a demand issue they never expected this much of a spike in demand and with the new rtx 30 series launching everybody wanted that gpu people were holding out for years hoping you know uh, finally there'll be a gpu that it's worth upgrading to and they didn't have that with console gaming is the same thing uh, amd launched a new chip uh, sony launched a new console microsoft launched a new console nintendo switch even though it's been around for a while the demand has been like through the roof for that platform and it's just been <laughs> impossible to get your hands on it right so uh, my next question would be for, for the both of you actually uh, what do you think are the ways to combat the chip problems now that we know it's big and it's there okay yeah let me quickly start nandini i think uh, there are multiple ways actually yeah let me start uh, Um, you know, listing out some of the things. I mean, how we can uh, uh, see uh, how how the industry can solve that issue. See, you know, obviously the industry has to increase capacity or their output capacity. You know, how many chips uh, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company can uh, produce in a year. So obviously, that's the I think key thing uh, the industry needs to resolve. But that's going to take some significant. Uh, capital expenditures care capex so it's going to take billions of dollars of investment um, as you might have already seen in the headlines in recent uh, weeks you know the you know we are going to see significant capex investments by semiconductor companies in the next 3 4 years so you know uh, just uh, just to give some stats on this uh, you know taiwan tsmc is going to spend like uh, 120 billion dollars in the next 3 years alone uh, so and intel is going to spend 200 billion dollars in the next 10 years and samsung will spend like uh, 150 billion dollars in the next 10 years on its own on its logic chips so in the next year alone in 2022 itself we'll see 100 billion dollar uh, capital expenditure by the, these three companies so there's a lot of capacity that's going to come uh, you know fabrication plants they take time uh, minimum 2 to 2 and a half years so it takes time to uh, build them and it uh, you know if you if we are looking at leading edge uh, fabrication facility the, the plant that manufactures uh, chips that go into all kinds of electronics devices so that uh, that's around 10 billion dollar investment so it's not a trivial exercise so so it, it's going to take time and uh, the other things uh, how how we are going to combat uh, this chip problem as i said uh, you know companies have to uh, you know the price hikes uh, can help uh, price hikes uh, for example if foundries i think recently they started increasing prices uh, by up to 20 30% uh, on some components this can potentially put brakes on demand because you know this can discourage stockpiling uh, you know if 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 you know if the component is cheaper you know manufacturers uh, tend to stockpile so if, if the pricing increases you know that can discourage uh, you know some vendors to uh, stockpile 
so that can that, that can help definitely and more coordination uh, across supply chain uh, across the industry uh, it can be helpful because you know we often hear uh, double ordering uh, across the supply chain for example xiaomi for example I, it can order uh, same component from tsmc it can order the same component from some other distributor uh, uh, along the supply chain so that creates kind of double ordering and uh, you know that means uh, someone else is missing all that supply so so more coordination can definitely help and uh, i would say national level coordination is also required for example uh, taiwan's uh, allies the us germany and uh, some other countries they they you know they are trying to coordinate uh, uh, with tsmc and uh, so samsung and even they are trying to invest in self sufficiency effort uh, so which we won't see uh, i mean uh, in the next 3 4 years but it will take uh, 10 minimum 10 years to see any result from that and uh, i would say you know capacity uh, you know so it's a very dynamic situation right uh, i mean the supply chain is where, for example apple's uh, uh, chip shipments tend to peak in q4 and by q1 again uh, the ch- chip shipments fall so you know what happens uh, during that time uh, once uh, apple's capacity becomes available in the first quarter uh, you know next year you know qualcomm or someone else can take that capacity so so it's a very dynamic situation the allocation is very dynamic it changes uh, every week to week and uh, i would say you know some companies are trying to do some long term non cancellable agreements so this can help foundries uh, are entering into you know co-investment or prepayments type of invest uh, uh, agreements with their customers so that can help uh, chip companies uh, to to get more predictability on their supply chain and uh, how much uh, you know for example amd recently i think they have around 4 plus billion dollar purchase obligation qualcomm has around 13 billion dollar purchase obligations uh, with tsmc and other foundries and global foundries for example has 20 plus billion dollar uh, commitments so that means i mean this is this is a trend i mean uh, it has been a trend for a while but uh, you know i think um, most people haven't noticed this uh, but again this trend is prepayments and long term agreements uh, with uh, semiconductor manufacturers that can definitely help industry bring some predictability and avoid uh, repeat uh, you know Uh, this kind of mistakes uh, in future so you know i would uh, yeah i mean there there are multiple ways for example tsmc they increased uh, uh, their uh, you know micro automotive microcontroller production uh, earlier this year uh, by 60% uh, so that so they're definitely doing whatever they can and we are going to see some new uh, capacity come online later this year next year and 20, mostly 23 24 we'll see but uh, we'll see some 5 nanometer capacity coming from samsung uh, q4 this year and tsmc is going to add a lot of capacity in the next 12 months uh, in 7 nanometer and below uh, but if you if you are really looking for mature node uh, mature node means 28 nanometer and above uh, things like wifi chips uh, display drivers power management those those sort of chips are manufactured in mature nodes so those things will take time and most of the capacity will come in 23 24 only so so there's no 
you know near term uh, solution to this unfortunately yeah i think uh, but uh, but things will definitely improve uh, in the next uh, 6 to 12 months uh, for at least for some industries like smartphones i think you know polcom for example has been saying uh, you know shortages uh, situation has improved for the company because the company is leveraging its scale to buy outrightly i mean the capacity for next 12 months so i think we should see shortages easing for the smartphone industry by second of 2022 but but not fully but uh, to some extent yeah. thank you to, yeah yeah no so what i was saying like to add to this uh, i think there was a report from taiwan that pointed out one very important factor that semiconductors aren't just components they're resources and when you are talking about uh, building up smart cities establishing like you know 5g network in india putting like networks of satellites which are monitoring and you know helping a developing country essentially develop and compete with first world powers or like with the western world uh semiconductor shortage is the one key aspect to that and like you know when intelligent computing like ability to acquire data and process it that is going to be limited severely for developing countries and i think at a government level somebody needs to be taking note of this and you know uh putting putting the foot on the gas pedal essentially on investments and making sure that they are able to secure like say india's own requirements as far as growth is concerned because like if there is a shortage it's obviously the people who have more money who are going to get the unit first so uh in continuation to what uh, anirudh said uh, uh how do you think india will be able to participate in semiconductor manufacturing to ease shortage okay yeah i think uh, this has been news uh, for a while actually in recent uh, you know uh, we have seen the um, significant interest in technological sovereignty from various nations including the us europe uh, south korea i mean even india actually started showing interest in uh, in gaining self sufficiency in uh, semiconductors so i i would say you know that's a that's a good uh, way to think about uh, for the future because if you look at uh, the indian market uh, india offers a you know, really big opportunity in terms of electronic device consumption um, you know i think uh, you know india is going to play a bigger role uh, uh, in semiconductors uh, i think uh, you know the semiconductor industry most people are predicting industry revenue will reach 1 trillion dollar by 2030 so india is going to at a significant uh, india is going to contribute significantly uh, towards that 1 trillion dollar number by 2030 so you know when you have so much of consumption obviously it makes sense to bring some of that manufacturing to your shore so the i think the indian government uh, has been already doing uh, uh, that with some initiatives like make in india and uh, with uh, smartphone uh, if you see smartphone pcb assembling Foxconn, Pegatron, they already set up uh, shops in India already. But when it comes to semiconductors, you know, the CapEx, as I said earlier, it's very CapEx intensive business and we need uh, trained uh, um, um, manpower also uh, to tackle this problem. So I would say, I mean, in India, I mean, leading edge may not be uh, realized. I mean, because leading edge is like seven nanometer and below. Uh, is very expensive and it takes years, uh, but I would say 28 nanometer and above uh, and 
and even back end back end means uh, uh, assembly and packaging uh, most of this uh, this kind of uh, companies are located in malaysia and uh, vietnam i mean recently we have seen uh, in southeast asia uh, because of covid-19 lockdowns uh, we have seen uh, supply disruption uh, in those areas so india can be an alternative india can be a fallback option to um you know some of these semiconductor companies in assembly and packaging uh, that's called back end uh, so that's one option uh, india can uh, play a role but you know i think at the at the same time i would say you know the government needs to come up with some attractive subsidy program uh, to attract uh, tsmc or samsung or uh, uh, sk hynix or intel uh, some of these semiconductor companies to india so so it's it's a combination of multiple things and india definitely has potential uh, i think uh, there is i mean we shouldn't expect any results before uh, 2025 or even 2030 i mean it's it's going to take time once the companies uh, come and invest uh, you know uh, you know it takes years to ramp up uh, their business so but i would say in back end definitely india has potential so recently we have seen trade war uh, right at the us versus china trade war you know china's denied uh, importing some crucial semiconductor manufacturing equipment uh, to make chips so but india doesn't have that issue right so india can leverage its relationships with the us uh, to to manufacture semiconductor uh, to, to import semiconductor equipment from the us companies and uh, the dutch company asml that makes most advanced uh, lithography equipment so so india definitely has potential i would say but uh, we shouldn't expect any result uh, uh, in the next 3 to 5 years right um this also uh, makes me think of uh, a question i think most consumers are probably thinking about with the Uh, chip shortage going around, uh, which is uh, the kind of impact the uh, chip shortage will have on the pricing of electronics, or it currently has the way it has impacted the pricing right now. Shravan, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think price hikes. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, recently TSMC said, uh, you know, uh, it's, I think they are going to increase. Uh, up to 20 to 30% in some cases their wafer prices so that's uh, you know you, you know mediatek uh, and uh, you know other companies are, what they're trying saying is i think they're not going to absorb all these costs they're going to pass along uh, these increased costs to their customers their customers means smartphone manufacturers or pc manufacturers in this case so you know i, I don't think uh, those manufacturers will also absorb uh, Uh, you know these costs so eventually you know these increased costs will be passed along to c- consumers and uh, we should definitely increase uh, some price hikes and uh, you know that should also what is called uh, that can help rebalance some of the demand also because uh, some of the demand because of increased prices some of the demand can be shifted uh, uh, to next few quarters so that can help semiconductor shortages in the Uh, in the near term um, i would say i mean you know if you look at the semiconductor industry in general you know we are seeing increased complexity in semiconductor manufacturing as the tsmc goes to 3 nanometer and below 
So there's a lot of complexity uh, in manufacturing. There are so many steps and a typical wafer, uh, how many days it spends uh, in, in, in plant, you know, that number of days are increasing. So they are observing, so, so they, are, they are investing so much and all of that CapEx investment, capital expenditure investments will eventually be trans, uh, transferred to consumers. So I think we should, it's reasonable to assume five to 10% at least price increases uh, in, in some areas. Uh, so we can't uh, keep expecting uh, cheaper pricing in this environment, uh, especially with increased um, uh, you know, uh, complexity, increased investments. Also, there's a pressure from investors uh, from these com uh, for these companies in terms of protecting their gross margins. So, for example, TSMC, you know, if they want, they can probably take a hit 5-6% of uh, hit in their gross margins. But, you know, they're, they're going, they're, but their investors will not be happy with that. So, so just to protect their margins and, uh, you know, almost, this is going to happen across the supply chain, I would guess. Uh, so I think eventually consumers will see price increases. So that's for sure. Yeah, I think uh, closest to home in this price hike was uh, the nothing ear ones, which were recently, they received a price hike because of uh, rising cost of select components and uh, production processes. The price of those were almost increased by uh, 1500 bucks. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, uh, okay, now I, I want to actually move on to um, the other aspect of this uh, uh, production, the chip shortage, which is, uh, and I know that both of you are not uh, climate experts, but I want to understand that climate change and specifically water shortage is one of the big reasons believed to have impacted uh, chip production. Uh, there was a report which said that TSMC used over six, 60 tons of water in a day in 2019 for chip production. So considering water shortage is predicted to only get worse. Do you think this could possibly make the chip sh shortage last longer? Yeah, uh, I would say definitely. Yeah, um, you know, uh, manufacturing and uh, you know, uh, the semiconductor manufacturing, um, you know, needs a lot of fresh water, uh, ultra pure water. I would say, uh, you know, it helps to avoid contamination and wafers. Uh, so it's definitely very important uh, aspect of the manufacturing. And as you say, at TSMC, I would say, I mean, you know, one of the biggest con consumers of, uh, you know, water. I think that their uh, water consumption has been increasing uh, with each advanced node, uh, you know, water consumption uh, increases. For example, uh, seven compared to seven nanometer, five nanometer requires more water consumption. And uh, we're going to see three nanometer. So... You know, TSMC, as you, as we all know, I mean, they are located in Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan, in generally, you know, we we hear a lot about water drought and water crisis uh, in Taiwan. I think uh, during this April and May, we heard a lot of uh, uh, We saw a lot of headlines uh, on this on this aspect. If you see, I was reading some stats actually. So, when per Taiwan government, you know. Most of the country in the country actually receives enough rainfall, but somehow I mean the country doesn't have uh, inf enough infrastructure to store water. So that's the root cause of this uh, Taiwan's uh, 
uh, water issue. So, you know, the government per government, you know, the country's agriculture sector uses like 65% of its water. And the industry like TSMC uses only 10% of the country's water. So TSMC, you know, what they're trying to do, you know, they have, for example, TSMC, uh, they have multiple measures. Uh, they, they have uh, water recycling um, in place. So they use almost 90% uh, uh, of uh, their uh, water, um, water recycling, uh, the, you know, that uh, they use. So, you know, that's been improving uh, from 2016. Uh, uh, from 2016, it was around 80s. Now it's close to 90%, 95% plus. So recycling is also a very key component in, um, in, in, in tackling water shortages. Yeah, TSMC has various uh, measures. They work very closely with the, with the government. Uh, for example, you know, they have these uh, various um, warning signals, uh, you know, blue color, green, yellow, orange, red. So when blue is there, that means, uh, you know, supplies, water supply is good. So they don't need to take much action and they just go through some drills. So once it drops to some yellow or orange, you know, uh, the warning signal, they, they perform some water truck drills and uh, they reduce water consumption and uh, increase their recycle load. So once the warning signal goes to red, so they actually bring those trucks, water trucks, and I think there were some news uh, 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 in May, actually, TSMC paid some $30 million for 100 uh, water trucks. So, you know, uh, you know, TSMC admits it didn't activate that red signal in 2020, at least, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, it can definitely affect wafer output and uh, it can definitely contribute to semiconductor shortages, if anything uh, happens uh, in that area. So TSMC, I would say, is managing well uh, at the moment. Uh, the company's water, I mean, the one concerning thing is water consumption uh, is growing uh, with each uh, advanced node. So, but the TSMC, I think recently they declared that uh, they would go, they'll go um, carbon free uh, by 2050, I guess. Yeah. So they have some, they even pushed their targets from 2030s to 2050, I think. So, you know, they even they realize that uh, it's not a green business. So it's, it's a very water intensive business. And recently we have seen Apple, um, you know, stepping up uh, its investments. And Apple started working with uh, IMEC, uh, it's a European uh, semiconductor uh, research organization. Um, so, so basically, Apple is working very closely with IMEC to identify, uh, uh, you know, to identify resources waste and make semiconductor manufacturing more green. Uh, so, so definitely, companies are paying attention, and even Qualcomm recently uh, came out with its ESG report, uh, saying that by 2040, the company will uh, uh, go carbon-free, so carbon neutral. Uh, so. Definitely companies are paying attention to this aspect. So although I'm not, as you said, I'm not a climate expert by any means. So I'm just, uh, you know, telling what I've been uh, learning and what I've been reading uh, from last few months. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Shravan, do we actually know of an alternative to water for making trips? I mean, I, as I said, I mean, water is a very important uh, component, I think. I don't think uh, there is any alternative to, you know, semiconductor manufacturing, uh, you know, by, 
nature i think it's very water intensive and just not just water i mean it's uh, they need ultra pure water uh, so most of the almost uh, you know by some estimates uh, you know in any semiconductor plant 97% of the water usage happens uh, during that manufacturing process itself so uh, unfortunately there seems no alternative yeah maybe i'm not a right person to talk about this but yeah i mean definitely i as i understand it today i think uh, water is definitely a key component yeah. right uh, so finally predictions and uh, after this we will open the floor for questions uh, i want to know this from the both of you anurudh and shravan by when according to you will the global chip shortage be resolved and when can we see chip vendors getting a better supply i think i'll leave this to shravan to answer since he is the <laughs> industry analyst i can only tell you what i've seen from reports that he probably has better access to in terms of data right <laughs> yeah thanks anurudh uh, yeah as you said earlier you know there's a lot of demand for game consoles and there's a lot of demand for pcs and graphics cards uh, you know all of those things you know recently we have seen today i was reading news about sony's ps5 production cut from 16 million to 15 million and a couple of weeks ago nintendo revised its uh, uh, nintendo switch uh, production target from 30 million to 24 million so things are definitely you know not, not looking good uh, in the near term uh, in some areas but as i said uh, you know uh, the new capacity is coming uh, you know companies uh, you know we are going to see uh, some new capacity from uh, tsmc uh, sams and global foundries and smic and umc and other foundries so that will definitely help uh, uh, as i said uh, you know most of this capacity will be uh, switched on um, in 2023 or 2024 uh, so i mean we won't see any respite uh, until then so it's going to take time uh, i would say so even apple is experiencing and they are going to lose like 15 billion dollars revenue uh, this year uh, and even the 5g market you know one of the high growth markets uh, is going to take a hit you know earlier uh, most analysts were predicting 600 million plus 5g handsets in 2021 so recently uh, corvo and qualcomm came out and uh, said you know they're going to see less than 550 million 5g phones so yeah we have to see i mean how that goes but uh, in the near term um, there's no solution and uh, you just have to live with it and there's also you know you know risk of oversupply and inventory correction so that's always there and you know semiconductor industry by nature is very uh, you know very much prone to boom and bust so you know but in this you know tsmc has been saying that even if such thing occurs you know say for example suddenly the demand uh, evaporates and uh, we don't see factories uh, are not loaded anymore so even in that case the company thinks you know the the industry is now going through some mega trends like 5g artificial intelligence uh, autonomous vehicles and cryptocurrencies and uh, uh, high performance computing all of these areas they they can contribute so there are some secular uh, mega trends uh, that can uh, keep the demand alive for the next 10 years for sure even if uh, you know even if we see oversupply in uh, pcs or smartphones say in 2022 even if you know obviously i think uh, we must have already reached uh, some peak numbers in terms of uh, 
um, you know, shipments, uh, you know, but when you hit really big numbers, you know, the law of uh, large numbers catches on. So you, you can't keep saying uh, triple digit, double digit growths uh, forever. So it has to come down, uh, the growth rates have to come down um, by later 2022. So ironically, companies who supply, uh, you know, cheap uh, uh, manufacturing equipment like ASML, even they are experiencing shortages. So, you know, almost everyone uh, have caught up, uh, has caught up uh, with um, shortages now. So, so it's good. I mean, it, we are in good times, I would say, as a semiconductor industry is set for really strong growth over the next five to 10 years. Obviously, yeah, I mean, we'll see some oversupply, some demand decline here and there, but uh, long term, I would say, yeah, we are, we are set for uh, really good growth. And the shortages thing, I think, uh, will take three, four years easily, yeah, to to fully, um, you know, uh, address this. And the other thing is that you know, uh, demand also structurally improved, right? I mean, let's say next year there will be zero COVID cases. That doesn't mean that all of this demand will evaporate, right? I mean, the PC density has gone up. Uh, for example, we already. Most people bought uh, PCs for their kids and family members during the pandemic, even tablets. So, so and that will continue. I mean, it, you know, just because, I mean, even if we have zero COVID cases in 2022, doesn't mean that uh, demand will evaporate or anything like that. So, the demand will continue to be there. So, it will continue to have impact on industry supply. But uh, as I said, you know, the, uh, the industry is investing heavily. We're going to see hundreds of billions of dollars investments from uh, TSMC, Samsung, Intel, and others. So definitely that will help, I would say. Yeah. No, and uh, one thing I'd just like to add is that uh, we kind of need to understand that there's a lot of money at stake here. Like as Shavan said, like literally TSMC alone is investing $100 billion plus, and I think some estimates put it like, you know, $3 trillion are required over the next several decades. The point is that there's a lot of money involved and these companies, they will want to secure their investments and it's maybe as important or more important for them to deal with this chip shortage as quickly as they can. And we can make our own predictions, but they they are literally doing their level best. Like Shavan only said, they're working 24-7 to make this happen. Like we're talking about climate change and you have uh, TSMC building a factory in Arizona in the middle of a desert. Obviously, they have engineers who have done the calculations and have figured out that, you know, they are sustainable for the next several decades, maybe. So I think we just need to stop worrying about it so much and just trust in the people who have more experience and let them do their job, essentially. If you have any final remarks to add or anything, we can take your remarks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is really very interesting discussion. Yeah, I think, you know, this topic has been discussed by many, many people, and I wrote about it, and you guys also wrote about this topic. So we are doing, uh, you know, work, as Andrew said, you know, there are people working on the front lines <laughs> to tackle this uh, topic, uh, you know, on the ground itself. So kudos to everyone who is uh, making sure uh, that, you know, um, you know, to resolve this uh, shortage situation. So, yeah, I think uh, we are in a, we're in a good, a good period uh, in terms of demand for semiconductors. So exciting times. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Shavan and Anurudh. Thanks for joining in.
Thank yeah. you, everybody. Very Thank much. you, everyone, for joining. Thank you very much.